Welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and thanks for joining me today as I seek to inspire, encourage, and accompany you on the journey towards holiness by sharing food for the head, heart, hands, and feet, so we may grow closer to God, become more like Jesus, and through friendship, discover the life God created us for, lives of purpose, peace, and abundance, rooted in the hope that with God's grace and mercy, we can become the living, breathing, wonder-working saints that the world so desperately needs. Welcome to episode 164 of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. In this episode, I propose a new equation for us to consider, especially in these last couple of weeks of Lent. And the equation I have for you is the title of this episode, which is sin plus conversion plus mercy equals joy. And that's part of what the food for the head, heart, hands, and feet are this week, is speaking about sin, speaking about conversion and mercy, and how it all brings us to joy, which is what we've been preparing for and prepare for every Lent, but in a particular way, how it is that we live the journey of faith because we are preparing for that eternal joy. So I hope that this episode helps you be able to dive ever deeper into the great mysteries of this liturgical season, but especially ever deeper into the mystery that is the love that God has for us, who is love and desires our love so that we can have that eternal joy. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. I hope that it encourages you and inspires you, especially to persevere during these last days. And I'll see you on the flip side. Hello again. Uh, this is Christina Simmons with the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. And if you're watching this podcast on the YouTube channel, make sure to subscribe and like so that that way you get notified anytime that I post a new episode. And if you're listening to the podcast, then make sure that you have subscribed so that you also get notified anytime I post a new podcast. So without further ado, let us begin with our food for the head, heart, hands, and feet. Our food for the head comes from an excerpt from the Memento Mori Lenten devotional. And it states, Worse than any cement building surrounded by barbed wire, sin imprisons us. No matter what, we are going to serve something. God or sin can be our master, and obedience to the divine is far sweeter than obedience to our basest desires. But often we ignore the truth that choosing God leads to true freedom and instead rationalize choosing sin. As we do, sin slowly chokes our reason and wraps like shackles around our minds and hearts. All of humanity groans under these chains of sin. We are not strong enough to smash the chains that bind us. When we remember death, 
we must also bear in mind that God is the one who holds, quote, the keys to death and the netherworld, unquote, from Revelation chapter 1, verse 18. So this comes from, as I said, uh, the Memento Mori Lenten devotional. And Memento Mori is remember your death. Always remember. Why do we do that? Well, especially in the midst of the Lenten season, we remember our death because it's an unavoidable, but also because we remember the passion and death and resurrection of Jesus. We focus upon, in during the Lenten season, how it is that time is short, life is passing, and it can go very, very quickly. I can't believe that I'm already going to be 55 uh, this coming May, um, and it's something that I'm now closer to the end, if you go with statistics, I'm closer to the end than I am to the beginning. And what's very important is that we focus upon our death again during Lent so that we can truly rejoice in the reality that Jesus, through his passion and death, has conquered sin and darkness and death, and we celebrate the resurrection. That's where we're going this Lenten season. So for us to focus upon our death, to focus upon the things that bring us death, i.e. sin. Because sin does imprison us. I know it does me. Um, I don't know how many times I've been confronted by the certain fact that I choose to allow sin to be my master. I allow my addictions, my preferences to master me rather than allowing God to dictate and to guide me towards what brings me life. And I do this by preferring my comfort or an illusion of security rather than choosing true freedom and trusting in God. My head knows this, but just like St. Paul writes about where he says, why do I do the thing that I do not want to do? And the fact is, is because I love my sin more. I think all of us probably could say this about something in our lives, that we prefer it to God. And that's hard to admit. But if we recognize this, then what we can do is that we can remember our death and the fact that God holds the keys to life and to death. If you remember Moses proclaiming, you know, the, and I might be wrong about who, if it was Moses who did it or if it was Joshua before the chosen people uh, were entered into the promised land. But the fact is, is that the people of Israel were presented what it was that God was asking of them. And they were told I present before you life and death. I hope that you choose life. And this is what God asks of us each and every day. He hopes, he prays, he desires passionately for us to choose life. For us to use our freedom to choose what is good and true and beautiful. 
so that we can be with him for all eternal life. But we have to be willing to admit that we don't see clearly, that our hearts are darkened, that our reason is slowly choked and it puts shackles around our minds and hearts. But if we say yes to our Lord, that we would like for him to break those shackles, he will do it. Will it be easy? Probably not. But he will give us the strength. He will give us the grace that we need so that we can walk the path of freedom, so we can walk the path of everlasting life. Our food for the heart comes from St. Faustina in her diary, and this is actually Jesus speaking to St. Faustina that I'll be sharing with you. Food for the heart is, Today the Lord said to me, Daughter, when you go to confession to this fountain of my mercy, the blood and water which came forth from my heart always flows down upon your soul and ennobles it. Every time you go to confession, immerse yourself entirely in my mercy with great trust, so that I may pour the bounty of my grace upon your soul. When you approach the confessional, know this, that I myself am waiting there for you. I am only hidden by the priest, but I myself act in your soul. I think many times we kind of get into habits, these comfortable habits, especially when it comes to frequenting the sacraments. And when we begin to understand that the sacraments are there to provide us the very grace that we need to be able to receive the bounty of his graces that he desires to give us, then our attitude, hopefully, and our desire as well, hopefully will become one in which we will be seeking out opportunities to come to the sacraments. This is particularly true in reconciliation. I don't know how many times I have convinced myself that I don't really need to go. I haven't done anything that bad. Um, yeah, I've gotten upset, you know, with my husband or you know, was short with somebody or, um, you know, I judged somebody, but it wasn't really that bad. But the fact is, is that each time that we reject going to the sacraments, be it Eucharist or going to reconciliation, then what we're doing is that we're falling into this habit of self-reliance. You know, in the instance that I was just talking about, you know, that's kind of my saying, I got this, God. It's okay. I, I got this. I don't need you. And the fact is, is that we need God's grace. Each of us needs his grace profoundly to be able to continue our journey towards him and eternal life. So one of the things is that reconciliation is a guaranteed way for us to immerse ourselves in God's mercy and also to grow in trust so we can really receive the graces that Jesus wants to give us. 
I think so often we think that going to confession is all about, you know, talking about what we've done wrong rather than we say what we've done wrong so we can be healed so that the wounds that we have incurred because of our sins can be bandaged, that they can be cared for, and so that we can go out and not be walking wounded. There's a great phrase, which is, any wound that is not transformed, any wound that's not healed, any pain that is not transformed is transmitted. So much of what goes on in our world, in our relationships, is because we're wounded, walking wounded, with gaping holes in our hearts, and because of the pain of these, we then transmit our pain to others in different ways. So we have to stop thinking that everything depends on us. We have to instead depend upon God's grace. But this is a battle that challenges our ego and pride, doesn't it? Because I'm good. I am not really that bad. But if we're honest with ourselves, particularly in the light of God's love, we can see where it is that maybe we haven't killed somebody outright, but maybe we have killed somebody's reputation through gossip. Or maybe we have killed somebody's hope by a negative comment or judgment. There's many different ways that we kill. There's many different ways that we lie, that we steal. There's many different ways that we break all of those Ten Commandments. We're not being honest with ourselves if we think that we're not breaking them. Instead, what we need to do is that we need to come frequently and immerse ourselves in God's grace, in His sacraments. Not just so that like in reconciliation, so he can forgive us. But again, so that he can heal us and fill us with the abundant bounty of his grace in our minds and hearts and souls. Our food for the hands comes from St. John Almond. He writes, To use this life well is the pathway through death to everlasting life. So the question, are you using your life well? If not your entire life, are you at least using this Lenten season well? I think we have a lot of people walking around, and I contend towards this as well, that we're not using our lives well. We're choosing good enough. We're choosing okay. We're choosing to be fine, which just as a, you know, excuse my, my language here. So if you have little kids and you're listening, you know, cover their, you know, ears for a second. Uh, as I tell you, the acronym for find is fucked up neurotic <laughs> and uh, egotistical. So, uh, you know, F-dude insecure, neurotic, and 
egotistical. That's that's the essence of fine. Okay, we're absorbed in ourselves, and we aren't becoming who we are created to be, which are to be great saints. So, are you using? your life well? Are you using this Lenten season well? You got to start somewhere. If there is a discontent that's in your heart, it's probably because you are not living to your potential. You're not living to your greatness. So we can start in this Lenten season. We can begin to live each day to the full. God gave us the pathway to do this, and he gave us the two great commandments, right? Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And this is the pathway. We can give our life away through loving others. We can do this through almsgiving during the Lenten season, particularly through practicing the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. Each time that we do an act of almsgiving, we're actually giving ourselves away. And through this death to ourselves, as St. John the Baptist talked about, you know, he must increase, I must decrease, we become more capable of entering into eternal life. So our challenge, our goal, is to use our life well. Because it's through this life, through death, that we step into everlasting life. This is what Jesus shows us through his passion and death and his resurrection. He shows us the path that we are to walk. He shows us how to do it. He shows us how to live this life with courage in the face of false accusations, in the face of betrayal, in the face of disappointments, in the face of misunderstandings and rejection. He shows us how to be loving and kind in the face of those things. He shows us that it is possible for us to live a life that inspires others to live a life that pours themselves out for others, out of love. So, again, each time that we love our neighbor as ourselves, each time that we give of ourselves and die a little bit to our ego, then we are stepping ever closer into our ability, through God's grace, to be able to step into eternal life. This is what we are called to. This is the greatness which God desires for us. We just have to choose to do it. Our Food for the Feet comes from a book written by Father Hubert von Zeller, who's a Benedictine, entitled The Mystery of Suffering. And his book reads, some people imagine that in order to be holy, you have to cultivate the sad side of life, choosing the darker prospect whenever the alternative comes up. Surely what holy people choose is the will of God, whether it happens to be dark or light. Holy people know 
and know it better than others. That suffering must anyway occupy a fair slice of life. They accept this as normal, meeting their sorrows as calmly and cheerfully as they can. So just recently, um, we celebrated the Feast of St. Patrick and celebrated the Feast of St. Joseph as well. And both men experienced great darkness and light in their lives. St. Patrick was kidnapped as a young man and he lived as a slave for years before he was able to escape. Joseph had many challenges and trials that he had to face as he served as the protector and also provider for Mary and Jesus as head of the Holy Family. Both of them knew and experienced suffering as a part of life, but instead of railing against it, Instead of complaining, instead of being sad all the time, instead they accepted what came their way cheerfully and calmly as much as possible. And we can see the results of their yes. We can see the results of them saying yes to God's will. The fact that they became saints, the fact that Joseph definitely completed his mission to protect and care for the Holy Family, to protect Mary and Jesus, so that Jesus would be able to then go on to his mission, and also St. Patrick. We looked at St. Patrick as the evangelizer of Ireland, and from Ireland, you could make the argument, the world was evangelized. In fact, my own diocese of Birmingham, Alabama, we had a great wave of Irish priests who came and they began so many of the communities that are in our diocese today and have been pastors and have served long and well. The fact is, is that when we say yes, and we choose God's will to our own, then we will be given the strength we need to be able to encounter whether something in our life is good, light, or dark, sad. We don't have to walk around, you know, oh, you know, I can't be happy because, you know, I have to be holy. No. One of the greatest things that I absolutely love about the Chosen series, which if you have not seen it, go and see it. Go and watch. Because it gives us, without denying any of Jesus' divinity, any of his um, awesome power as God, gives us a beautiful insight into who he was as the fullness of a human person in which he laughed, he joked, he was teasing, he played. And this is what we have to be mindful of, is that to be fully human, to be fully alive, which is what a saint is, it means that we embrace all things. We embrace light and dark, we embrace good and bad. We embrace the joyful and the sorrowful. And in the midst of it, we will find what is good and true and beautiful and what is light. Mary did this too. Mary chose God's will. 
In fact, we are celebrating the Annunciation you know, of our Lord and Mary's original yes, the fiat that resounded throughout the centuries. Her yes, her willingness to choose God's will over her own, made it possible for the light to enter into the world and for us to benefit from it so that we too can live cheerfully any suffering or sacrifices that might come our way throughout the week that we're able to in the face of anything that we don't like didn't choose can't change or don't understand to be able to say yes Lord I know you love me and I trust that you will bring all good things out of this even if I can't see it even if I don't understand it even if I don't like it even if I didn't choose it and especially if I can't change it this is the path that we need to be walking this Lenten season this is what will help us be able to become the Saints that God created us to be so that we can be transformed through and with and in the one who is love himself into his living breathing and wonder-working Saints his instruments of love and mercy in the world for everyone and anyone whenever and wherever they might encounter us this is why we set aside sin this is why we immerse ourselves in God's infinite mercy this is why we choose God's will for our lives so that we can live life well and enter into everlasting life So what might be some resolutions from our conversation today from the food for the head, heart, hands, and feet that I shared? Well, one, of course, is really focusing upon setting aside whatever it is that is preventing you from being able to draw ever closer to God. So that can be whatever it is that you're struggling with right now, but getting yourself to confession be able to give you that fresh slate would be of utmost importance. So focusing on doing that. Another is to go and to immerse yourself in God's infinite mercy. Of course, we can do this in the sacrament of confession, as I just mentioned, but even more so going and spending time in quiet adoration before either the blessed sacrament or Jesus exposed during adoration. And the final one would be to surrender to God's will for your life right now. It might be something that you have been really struggling with, but to give it to Jesus. And I love the refrain from the Surrender Novena by Dom Dolindo Rutolo, and it is Jesus. I surrender it all to you. Take care of everything. So that could be your final resolution is to say to yourself when you're struggling with something, Jesus, I surrender it all to you. Take care of everything. Thanks again for spending time with me today. If you have any suggestions for upcoming podcasts, 
please leave me a voicemail using the link in the podcast show notes. Or you can visit my website at sayyestoholiness.com or send me an email at christinasimmons at gmail.com. I look forward to the opportunity to continue the conversation we've begun here today. In the interim, please know my continued prayers for you and your loved ones, especially that each of us may continue to strive to do whatever it takes in order to grow in holiness as we tell the master of death, not today. I look forward to having a conversation with you again soon. God bless.